Thank you for tuning in once again to the First Love Podcast from the First Presbyterian Church of Jacksonville, Illinois for November 8th, 2020 with Reverend Jonathan Warren. Reverend Warren's sermon title today is Cultivating Contentment. Our first scripture reading is from Psalms 63. And our second scripture reading comes to us from Philippians 4, 4 through 13. Our special music is performed by the church bell choir, Come Thy People, Come. We pray you have an awesome, successful week and lift up prayers for each of your family members and you this coming week. God bless, be safe, and be healthy. Our first reading this morning is from Psalm number 63, a psalm of David when he was in the wilderness of Judah. O God, you are my God, I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you as in a dry and weary land where there is no water. So I have looked upon you in the sanctuary, beholding your power and glory. Because your steadfast love is better than life, my lips will praise you. So I will bless you as long as I live. I will lift up my hands and call upon your name. My soul is satisfied as with a rich feast, and my mouth praises you with joyful lips. When I think of you on my bed and meditate on you in the watches of the night, for you have been my help. And in the shadow of your wings, I sing for joy. My soul clings to you. Your right hand upholds me. But those who seek to destroy my life shall go down into the depths of the earth. They shall be given over to the power of the sword. They shall be prey for jackals. But the king shall rejoice in God. All who swear by him shall exult for the mouths of liars will be stopped. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
It is a joy and a wonderful gift that we have our bells. Who would have known many years ago how important that would be today? Our next scripture reading comes to us from Philippians 4. Many of us know these verses, but it is important for us, especially today, to hear these words that Paul shares. Let's listen to the word of God. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. Do not worry about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, beloved, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, Whatever is pure, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence and if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Keep on doing the things that you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, and the God of peace will be with you. I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at last you have revived your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned for me, but had no opportunity to show it. Not that I am referring to being in need, for I have learned to be content with whatever I have. I know what it is to have little, and I know what it is to have plenty. In any and all circumstances, I have learned the secret of being well-fed and of going hungry, of having plenty and of being in need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. In any case, it was kind of you to share my distress. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So I'm wondering how many people have been waiting this week. Uh, how many times did you push a refresh on the news websites or stay glued to the election results? Uh, Imagine the truth is, no matter how the election turned out, we know that literally half of our country is struggling with these results. And in Morgan County, a third and two-thirds are either pleased or disappointed with what's happened or what is happening right now. Now, Americans have been here before. In fact, waiting a lot longer than this, in our third presidential election, at the beginning of our country. The election almost caused a constitutional crisis until Jefferson became president months and months later. In the election of 1876, the nation waited for four long months. And Rutherford, Rutherford Hayes won three days before he was inaugurated by one electoral vote win. In 1916, it looked like Hughes had secured his victory on Election Day. Many papers prematurely declared him the winner, but as the votes were tallied over the course of the week, it looked like on Friday it was clear that Woodrow Wilson won. 
And the longest election in modern memory was Bush and Gore in 2000, which took 35 days for the race to be decided. For better or worse, our country has been here before. And we are still here. The only distinction this year, in the midst of awaiting a presidential election, our country is experiencing a record number of COVID cases this fall. And in a week, if the numbers don't change drastically, our county will be closing a lot more things. In three weeks' time, most of us will be sheltering in place again. We are in this long journey of stress and anxiety if you're like me, you may have little left in your tank to take all this on. How do we handle all this worry and anxiety? I don't know about you, but it feels like we've had enough, right? Philippians, we discover Paul is experiencing more than his share too. He's writing a letter to the church in Philippi while he's in prison. In fact, while he's there, he's waiting for news of whether or not he will be executed. But imagine, if that were most people in this room, our letter would probably sound a lot different. But if you can believe it, he writes to the Philippians something quite surprising, especially near the end of his letter. He says, I have learned to be content with whatever I have, I know what it is to have little, and I know what it is to have plenty. And in any and all circumstances, I have learned the secret of being well-fed and of going hungry, of having plenty, and of being in need. Reverend Adam Hamilton describes the prison cell Paul is in. Paul was in this cavernous, damp pit. He would have been lowered in through a hole in the floor, only one way in or out. This is where he sat when he wrote this letter to the Philippians. And yet this letter in particular is known as his letter of joy. Hmm. The amazing thing this letter shares is that we too, like Paul, can be content in whatever circumstances we find ourselves in the midst of angst and worry or of a pandemic, a storm, of loss or cancer, of divorce or loneliness, of harm or imprisonment. We can learn from Paul to cultivate contentment. Adam Hamilton shares four keys to culti cultivating contentment. Uh, as you know, I'm a big fan of Reverend Adam Hamilton's works, many of his books, I've read and shared some of his other books and studies in our worship service and sermons. In fact, as we go through this Enough series, we're in the midst of challenges. And while I've shared Hamilton's four keys of cultivating contentment before, you might remember them. They bear repeating again today. Because Paul provides a roadmap. Through these thoughts. Now, Adam says first, remember, it could be worse. 
Maybe this sounds ridiculous in the middle of a pandemic, but we still need to keep things into perspective. The speeding ticket when you were already late, it could be worse. The ball that broke your arm, it could be worse. It's a practice of looking on the brighter side of things. That's one of the keys. Second, ask yourself, how long will this make me happy? Our world tells us that we need to be happy, and the only way to be happy is with stuff or with vacations or uh, with alcohol or with fill-in-the-blank, right? We know new stuff. At least in our core, we know this won't fix things or make us happy. So asking this question, how long will this make make me happy, is a helpful measure when we might lean on those other things. We're buying things. We can rent the car of your dreams for a weekend, or we can rent the vacation home, borrow someone else's new gadget and see what we think, then we can decide if we still want to buy. It's amazing how often we change our minds when we try before we buy. How will this make me happy? Third, to develop a grateful heart. One thing we just shared in our children's time, we can give thanks each day. A few years ago, Siobhan and I were always complaining. We never seemed to have enough money. We were struggling. Young, one simple salary. All of our friends had nicer homes, nicer cars, fancier things, and we just couldn't keep up. So we never had enough. We finally decided around New Year's to make one of our resolutions to be grateful. And I started when I drove my 1998 230,000-mile car that year. Instead of complaining, I was grateful that I didn't have car payments. Instead of complaining that our house was too small, we were grateful we didn't have to spend as much time cleaning it. That simple change, developing a grateful heart, made all the difference. Fourth, ask yourself, where does my soul find true satisfaction? The world tells us we find satisfaction and ease and luxury, comfort and money. But deep in our heart, we desire to be connected with our Creator. Paul knew this. And this is why he was content in the dark, damp jail that he was in. For our souls cannot be satisfied by the new car smell or at the shopping mall or when we get an Amazon box. The only real satisfaction of our souls is Jesus Christ. We read it in Hebrews, Be content with what you have, for Christ has said, I will never leave you or forsake you. Whatever comes our way, True satisfaction comes from Christ. Alongside contentment, Adam Hamilton encourages us to live simply. In fact, they go hand in hand, contentment and simplicity. Somehow the more we pursue, 
more and more stressed out we become. More stuff means more maintenance, which involves time, energy, and resources. More stuff makes us less happy. So we must be willing to simplify. Many people are, in fact, embracing the idea of voluntary simplicity, choosing to take a step down in their lifestyle rather than constantly push upward. So how do we simplify our lives? We can set a goal of reducing our consumption and choose to live below our means. A few years ago, Siobhan and I decided not to use paper towels, so we bought a bunch of cloth towels. I was a bit nervous. I knew Siobhan was up to something. I said, what happens when someone's sick, right? Do we really want to use a cloth towel? That's gross, right? I thought that was the ticket out, right? It was hard at first, but eventually we got used to it. Instead of throwing all that paper in the trash, we ended up washing towels. We still have paper towels, but we use less and less and less. Reduce uh, your utilities usage by setting the thermostat back a couple degrees, putting on a sweatshirt, Sounds simple and old-fashioned, but it is so important. If you're going to buy a new car, think about purchasing a car that has better fuel economy and live below your means. Before making a purchase, ask yourself, do I really need this? Why do I want this? It helps you determine the true motivation of your desired purchase. If it's a need, a self-esteem issue, or something else. When you see something you think you must have, wait 24 hours before hitting that button, before making that purchase. Try it before you buy. Use something up before buying something new. We have a phrase in our house, use it up, wear it out, make it make do, or do without. Buy things that are made to last and take better care of the things you have. I used to never fix things myself. I thought I couldn't do it. Then I discovered YouTube has every kind of tutorial needed, at least for many simple projects. There was a puddle under our washing machine once, and we were thinking about going to the store to buy a new one, but I searched and discovered I could fix it in an hour for $30, much simpler and cheaper than purchasing a new washer. Siobhan's ready for that washer to go soon, too. But we still have this washer. Plan low-cost entertainment that enriches. For some reason, we think we have to spend money to have fun. It's just not so. We end up needing a vacation from our vacations, right? I remember when I was in school, I didn't have any money, so instead of going out, we planned a picnic and watched a free concert in the park still remember it. It was really fun. We've all had to be extra creative about entertainment during this pandemic. What if we took these simple changes that we've made these days into our future? Ask yourself, are there major changes that would allow me to simplify my life? Some of us living beyond our means and the stress 
is literally killing us. We have it in our mind that we can't sell our house or the car. We can. You might consider downsizing a home, which also means less insurance, less utility costs, less to clean. You'd sell your car and buy a used one with cash. Is there a club membership you hardly ever use? Perhaps that money might be spent on something more meaningful, such as mission work. So what tent do we want to live in? Discontent or content? You choose it in large part by deciding what life is about. If you decide that life does not consist in the abundance of possessions, then you are choosing contentment. Choosing contentment means we look to God as our source, giving thanks for what we have. We ask God to give us the right perspective on money and possessions to change our hearts each day. We decide to live simpler lives, wasting less and conserving more. We choose to give more generously. I want to close with what Gandhi says. Live simply so that others may simply live. That will bring us contentment. In the name of the Father and of the Son of the Holy Spirit. Amen. If you found this material inspiring and would like to support our ministry here at First Love from the First Presbyterian Church of Jacksonville, Illinois, please send contributions to First Presbyterian Church, 870 West College, Jacksonville, Illinois, 62650. You can also contribute through your financial institution through bill pay. And if an account number is necessary, please use 870-870-870. Our phone number at First Presbyterian Church, Jacksonville, Illinois, is 217-245-4189. Our email is office at firstpresjax.org. That's O-F-F-I-C-E at F-I-R-S-T-P-R-E-S-J-A-X dot O-R-G. You can join our live stream video of Sunday services, which start at 9.55 a.m. on Sunday at www.facebook.com slash First Pres Jacks. That's www.facebook.com slash First Pres Jacks. We also have a Facebook page called Presbyterians with a Purpose at www.facebook.com slash groups slash 2217613800. Two two seven one one five three slash Presbyterians for a Purpose is a group for anyone needing to get in contact with someone else during these challenging times. If you wish to attend our 10 a.m. services 
on Sunday in person, please come in the north door. A nurse will take your temperature. The nurse will then press a button to open the door to limit touching surfaces. Another volunteer will open the inner door. While moving around, please wear your mask. Once seated, you can remove your mask. We pray you have a safe, joyful, and healthy week. God bless.